Hello there and welcome to the Pint-Sized Healing Podcast. My name is Max Thompson, let's get started. So everything's working and my, my video and my audio your is okay. Your audio and your audio are fine. <laughs> What on earth was that? I have no idea. You sounded like a really stuck-up flight attendant or something. Like, you're video and I don't even know how to <laughs> Please look at me while I'm doing the safety instructions. Okay, so as the listeners can hear, I'm not here by myself. I'm here with the wonderful <laughs> Carrie Mayer. And we're going to do something slightly different than our normal, but we want to do more of these Um over the coming months and what we're going to do is read one of the articles that I've written in the past this is a blog post from 2006 that we're reading today and uh, because obviously um 2016 2016 yes um the 20th of February 2016 to be exact. I think the um air flight air, air hostess impersonations maybe um <laughs> Sorry, are you are you criticizing (laughs) my wonderful accent? Could you please stop laughing? We were doing so bloody well. Um, that's that. Do you know that I used to speak like that before I moved to Scotland? Anyway, (laughs) (laughs) I wish I could. Okay, that was a total tangent. But what we're trying to do here is read an older (laughs) blog post. Today's one is from the twentieth of February, twenty sixteen, because obviously, um, those are kind of almost like little time capsules, right? That's how I felt and saw things then. But obviously, sort of two years on. I've healed some more and I've maybe had some more thoughts. Well, not maybe, actually. I've had a fair number of thoughts in the past two years, um, I promise. So what I will do is just read the blog post and Carrie will ask me questions. And Mm -hmm. I will probably interrupt myself a couple of times as well. So (laughs) without much further ado, here we go. We are reading today. Can I just ask a question? Can I ask one question before we first question before we get started? Right. Go on. Now, do I do I let you read the whole thing through and then ask questions? No, or do I stop interrupt you? me. Interrupt you. Okay. Yes, we will also right. publish the full text with the podcast, so okay. that if people get too confused about this conversation, then at least they'll have a written copy of what we're trying <laughs> yeah. to talk about as well. Um, but yes, today we are reading "The Villain Is So Good at Playing the Victim." That's what mm. we're talking about today. How sinister. So. Uh, I read a meme today. Well, so almost three years ago. Uh, (laughs) I read a meme three years ago. The villain is so good at playing the victim. That is so true for my parents, my mother especially. Playing the victim card is essentially playing to someone's guilt. The number of times she exclaimed, it must be horrible to be my daughter. I don't know why my mother speaks like that, by the way. (laughs) Of course, my sisters and I would immediately give in on whatever the argument was and assure her Mm. that she was a wonderful mother. Okay, I've got a question. Yes, what's the question? Okay, it's not a question, it's more a comment and I want to hear what you... So let's talk about the strategy that's used there. So the... What is that strategy well, that your mother I mean, is using? Here's the thing, right? Like you disagree with your mother about something and it can be like whether or not 
you're allowed to go out or or whether or not you're you know you want to do the dishes or whatever right mm. and i mean usually actually those weren't the the arguments we would have with my parents and especially with my mother weren't necessarily very high stakes right mm. um and then but then by her saying oh it must be awful to be my daughter obviously she takes it to this whole to this big level where all of a sudden yeah. it's about her and about uh, whether or not you love her and of course you don't want right. to say to your mother uh, uh i don't love you right yeah. so so you give in like it takes a really mundane argument into the stratosphere of you know <laughs> of do you not love me it must be awful to yeah. be related to me in fact what i wanted to say there actually at some point i was i got so, this was maybe when i was in my 20s actually i got mm. so fed up with her doing this because she'd still do it right right when i even when i was in my 20s there got i got to a point where i would say indeed and i just turn around and walk away <laughs> not at all she would just oh man she would fly off the handle but you uh what's what's the saying you uh called it bluff <laughs> yeah yeah i guess so but it's like it just got to me so much that that constant victim uh, oh it's so manipulative like, too like that guilt tripping to oh, try and just, get you exactly, to behave the way yeah, she wanted just, you to behave exactly they just guilted you. Guilt you into into displaying the behavior that they're looking for yeah. um, because no like listen and especially when you're in, so in my 20s I was able to call her bluff but when you're 10 you're not going to tell your no. mother that she's awful like no. you're just not even if she is um you're well, you not don't even have, no you, do, right. you don't, you don't have, have a frame of reference no exactly that's what I was just gonna say you don't have the you don't have the abstract thinking capacities as a child to even understand what you're feeling about what say in your circumstances your mother was doing like you know okay she's wanting me to do something she's making me feel awful but why what is it i'm feeling about that you don't have the understanding to be able to process those exactly emotions. and also what are you going to compare it to because really you Not don't that. have any other close relationships like that in your life no and then second of all as well like biology like yeah. you are you are programmed yes to you know to to relate to your parents in that sense totally right? we defend them to the death like even if they've treated us like shit we will defend our, our loved ones our biological family to the death oh, until we absolutely. know better you know yeah oh absolutely and even then even like even i'm six years away from my family and i still have mm. moments where i have to kind of remind myself of mm. like no like really that that really that really happened it was really yeah. like that and do you know what i mean because it's that's that you know biology goes deep it's really difficult it does those rose-colored glasses yeah that we've oh, DNA. To defend abuse and things like that it's yeah dna it's a bitch it is dna is a bitch quotable quote of the yeah. podcast <laughs> if anything take that away from this <laughs> take anyway. that away <laughs> so let me just jump back in Mm -hmm. do the next paragraph being the victim is a great way to manipulate a situation at least when you are not in fact a victim but a villain mm. <clears throat> my mother once had my father tell me that she couldn't sit down to talk to me about an issue we were experiencing because my communication skills were too good 
she's just afraid to talk to you, he said. And, oh. so and let her get away with her bad behavior because my mother was afraid to go out for a meal and talk things over with her 23-year-old daughter. Oh, my God. Okay. You know what this reminds me of? Go for it. Um, my own point of reference to this is my former pastor. Mm-hmm. And, like, she would encourage all of our gifts and talents to the point that we wouldn't be able to outshine her in any way. Mm. You know, like she was always, I mean, I'm using very uh, over spiritual Christian terms here from my own background, but like, you know, terms like prophesying and speak, you know, speaking in tongues, like the most spiritual or spiritual things that you could do in the church. You couldn't do it better than her. You know what I mean? You couldn't be smarter than her, more spiritual than her. Even one time she stood up in front of the church (laughs) and she said, God, gave me and my husband, I won't name the name, but gave me and my husband a message that you guys aren't ready to hear it yet. So we can't share it, but just know that God gave it to us. And I'm like, well, that's great, bitch. Like seriously. (laughs) I'm sure you didn't think that at the time though. (laughs) No, I didn't. But I remember thinking, what is the point? Like, did God give you a message just so you could tell us that he gave you a message? What's the I know, point right? of doing that? What's, what, what is the point? But that's, it, it's like you said, like they, they have this way of making you feel insecure about things that you're good at because that you're good at. Yeah, exactly. Yes. So, but, so this, this story continues with, um, uh, yes, I had invited her out for dinner so we could talk. So at some level, I must've been aware already that talking in public would be the only way I'd I'd have a hope of actually having a conversation and not a shouting match. My mother had a habit Mm. of disintegrating into screams and then yell at the other person. Stop yelling at me. She did this so often. I would have a discussion with her and she would yell at me to stop yelling at her. And I'm like, I'm not yelling at you. I mean, the hypocrisy. Well, and here's the thing I can, you know, when you're having a discussion with someone, even an argument with someone, you Mm. can state, your truth Mm. uh, and you can state it quite assertive like in a quite an assertive way without actually screaming at someone right oh absolutely absolutely Um, and I would definitely do that but she couldn't deal with that and so then she would scream at me that I was screaming at her that was always fun it's so interesting because that's a real power play isn't it I had that happen with an immediate family member last year Mm. you would remember that the the big fight um <laughs> the big fight the with big capitals. one <laughs> with capitals and um I didn't take the bait like I stood up for myself and I said look I didn't I didn't appreciate how they had treated me and they started to try to ask me what was wrong and wanted to talk and I said look I'm not I, I can't talk right now because I'm you know I'm too emotional I wouldn't know what to say and I just don't think it's a good idea and they just pushed me and pushed me and pushed me until I said my truth and I spoke but I was very conscious of like I want to talk like really quietly because I don't want them to have a reason to hold anything against me and so they held it against me even though they were yelling at me mm-hmm. and they, tried to make it out as though I was being hostile and aggressive, even though my truth was being spoken in just a bubble whisper. And the thing is they were getting more and more angry because they saw that they didn't have power. Yeah. All my reaction. 
Yeah. It, 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 at the end of the day, you know, it's, it's a manipulation. Yeah. Um, and so this is what I said about it then as well. I was like, don't be fooled. People who create drama and then portray themselves as the victim are playing games. They are manipulating you to behave the way they want to distract yes. you from an argument or to stop you from confronting them with their bad behavior. And that's yes. the thing at the, the moment that you're not, you know, you're not taking the bait. You're not stepping up for that confrontation you're not letting it dis distract you even with me yeah. uh responding to my mother saying when she would say oh it must be horrible to be my daughter and me saying yes it is like yeah. i wasn't i wasn't letting her escalate a no. mind issue to another level where it where it wasn't about what we were actually trying to discuss right to discuss yeah that just and and it often sends them flying off the handle, right? That makes yeah, them, then, then you get into rage territory. So, so doing that can have its kind of uh, risk factors yeah. involved as well, right? Yeah. But um, uh, but yeah. So so you might not always want be, to confront it, but yeah, sometimes yeah. it's kind of necessary. Well, and it can, I guess, uh, if you have gotten to a point as well where perhaps you are a little stronger and you are sort of, you're onto them a bit more in terms of the way that they push, try to push your buttons, you're mm. a bit more conscious of that. You can, it can empower you as well. Like I, as, as hurt as I was when I had that big fight and mm. it, it escalated the way that it did on his end, may I say, like it yeah. really was, I can say that with absolute confidence that I, I did my part to you know, be a calming influence and just mm. be responsible for myself, um, that it was actually empowering, even though his words were painful and hurtful and it's never nice to, you know, be told to get the F out of somebody's car or, you know, have your character assassinated. I walked away and I was like, you know what? It never is a nice <laughs> feeling indeed. It's a horrible feeling. But then I, it was so obvious you, I could see his true colours, mm. you know, like, and, and it's in these moments when people go off, they, they go flying off the handle. Yeah, it's, exactly. I mean, it can be either disempowering or empowering depending yes. on where you're at in your journey. And for me, that yeah. was quite empowering because I was like, I'm not going to actually, I'm not going to buy into the narrative here that you're telling, which is that I'm a bad person. Well, I'm going to buy into my own narrative that I'm a good person. It's just like, I, I also just want to emphasize that this is also often a moment where things might get physical. So you mm. do want to make sure that you're safe in that sense. Yeah. Right? Obviously, um, number one priority. Exactly. And so like sometimes the confrontation of this kind of behavior is just not worth it because no. the situation is too risky. And often when you're, when you're out in public, there's less risk right because they're less yes. likely gonna actually do anything in public although yeah. it might come later because they hold grudges but yeah yes. you know make sure that you're physically safe um mm, yeah but like read the, the room and... gauge gauge the situation exactly. you're in exactly like if you if you are unsafe get the f out if you're not if you if you, you can be safe then and then you feel comfortable enough to stand your ground then do it yeah, exactly. You know, empower yourself to actually hold on to the truth in that. But yeah, it's it's hard to see through their bullshit sometimes. Uh, and also sometimes it's just hard to let it go. Sometimes you just you just yeah. need that little win. I don't know. Sometimes Yeah, some, it's uh, true. Hey, no. we're only human. Exactly. So hey, and how do you feel about this? Because I in I wrap up this this particular blog post with this. 
Here's mm -hmm. a little secret. People who play the victim card are almost never the victim because usually <laughs> an actual victim is far too busy surviving. Wowzers. That is an interesting point. I mean, I feel like, I, I don't know, if, and, and, and I mean, I'd love to hear your uh, thoughts on that, but mm. uh, I often feel like people who constantly remind everybody how, um, how much the world is against them and how, how rough they have it, because <clears throat> like, they're just kind of trying to, they're trying to make you believe that yeah. they are a victim, right? Um, yes. I mean, and I work with a lot of people who have trauma, obviously, because, you know, of what I do. Um, yeah. And so do you, because you work with me and I work with you. Yes. So, hello. Uh, hello. <laughs> <laughs> but, and, and although sometimes our uh, trauma gets in the way of work or of how we communicate with each other, or not in the way, but it influences it. Um, of course. It, I, I ne like, neither one of us ever says oh, you need to pity me for this influencing. Like, I'm, although we may reference that something is triggering or something yeah. is you know, affecting us, but we're never saying, oh, pity me for this. So maybe this it's more true, yes. for, oh, pity me because the world's against me or because my Heartily. child is such an awful person or like, I think maybe that's what I'm, what I'm getting at. I hear what you're actually know part, as you right? say that. Yeah, as you say that, I, I think it's really about understanding the spirit in which someone is um, identifying as a victim, so to speak. So, I mean, I remember when I was sort of at the lowest point in my trauma, you know, it was sort of after I left the church, after I had no home, no job, and uh, just after my suicide attempt in 2013. And... Um, after I'd come out about the church, you know, it was just like everything, it really did feel stacked up against me. And it wasn't my truth. It was my reality. And I was desperate. I felt like I was drowning and I felt like to say what was going on was my only way to try and get help. Um, but having said that, there was always the intention of moving forward when help was offered to me. Mm. Um, and for many years, um, it really did feel like the world was against me yeah. because I, have, I, I was looking for a step up financially. I was looking for a step up, you know, in terms of getting mental health support. And it was just really tough. And because I hadn't healed in certain areas, I kept opening myself up to sort of relationships or situations that were repeatedly traumatizing yeah, exactly no better, right um but and i would say that is a different kind of victimhood than say what you were explaining about your mum it was it was like her excuse to misbehave it was her it was like a free pass to um, do what she wanted. Well, absolutely, it, absolutely. But it, and it's and it's asking for um, like pity and special consideration because yeah. for me, right? Whereas yeah. what you were just like, and this is why I rarely actually refer to people as victims of abuse. Yeah, They're it's a like tough one. Yeah, targets and survivors, survivors. of abuse mm. because. because 
because victim can be a very disempowering. It can. It, I think it's often um, synonymous with the word martyr. Yes. We see. You know what I mean? Like there's this sort of suffering, but it's almost like they enjoy their suffering and, you know, that kind of thing. And but that's, not to, say, that's not to say, like, I, I think that when we've been targeted by an abuser and, and we need to speak our truth, right? We need to say, hey, this happened to me. Yes. You have to own your story. 100%. And to own your story. However, we can't then and, and we can even ask like hey can you consider that this may be triggering or this is difficult for me or like can we can we maybe uh do this slightly differently like we had this the other day when you were editing something for me and yeah. I had no problem with the edits at all um yeah. but the wording that you used to communicate the edits to me yeah. completely triggered me and I was like yeah. can you instead of saying replace this with this say mm -hmm original uh, what did we come up with original and suggested uh, edit original text and suggested edit yeah it wasn't a normal like actually i do like the track changes and comments yeah and oh stuff. absolutely without but wanting yeah, to get into the technicality like, yeah, of how we work into the technicalities but just because it was a different way of yeah, editing exactly uh, like, and, yeah, and, and and i didn't know i didn't exactly. know this about mac to be honest mm. i didn't know that about mags either so no, i knew. didn't know that about that exactly so it's so sometimes sure you can get back and say like hey can we do this differently can you say that differently yeah. or word that differently or can we work around this because do you know what that's just triggering to me and that's fine like but it's really but it's not asking for special consideration in the sense no. that you know you're like oh please don't please, like Oh, I can't, I can't possibly, no. do you know what I mean? Like, I don't no, know. Like, I think you know what I'm trying so. to say. I know what you're saying because people who care about each other want to take each other, right? Like yeah. you want to make sure that it's not, it's not about um, pity in the sense that, because when you pity someone, I think you come at it from a disempowering perspective. Yes. And people who are like in that constant state of martyrdom, let me say martyr instead of victimhood, I suppose, they want they they want you to keep them disempowered because that means they don't have to take responsibility. Exactly. And I think like me asking you, can you word that differently? Sure, it's asking mm. me for for special consideration, I suppose, but 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 not but not really because what I'm really no. asking for is can we figure out can a way to do this? Exactly. Yeah. Can you can we do this in a way that's empowering to me rather than disempowering yes. to me? And that's a whole different oh, question. That's so insightful. This is exciting. That's a, that's a, that is, and that's a real mark of healthy relationships to me. And also, it's because, a real, yeah. really that really to me defines the difference between a survivor and a and a victim in the sense yes. of if you want to spend your life with people pitying you and 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 catering to your every whim because you can't yeah. because you can't deal with your own shit yeah and and that may be true and that you know and i know that dealing with your shit's not easy so you know no judgment yeah. that's who you are um then that's who you are but um but I think most people who will be listening to this podcast are looking to actually heal and 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 find recovery from Empower themselves, exactly. right? You so, you don't want to change. And look, I will be the totally first not. person to put my hand up. And I know you um 
I have experienced this in your past too. I think there's a part of all of us in our past, in our healing journey, where we have, for a brief period of time, pitied ourselves. Can I be honest? Actually, I had one of those periods on Sunday when I had a headache and I was feeling awfully sorry for myself. Yes. I mean, because that's a emotion. Well, yeah. And in part also, that's just part of human nature. Sometimes we feel really sorry for ourselves. And you know what? Mm -hmm. That's totally allowed. I'm not saying like, oh, you're like, if you want to heal from abuse, you can never feel sorry for yourself. That's not what it's about, but it's more about will you allow that will you allow that emotion and that feeling to become who you are to become an identifying trait of your personality exactly listen we all feel sorry for ourselves we and and besides we all have character traits that we're not too keen on but but and so we try we try to not let those urges or those character traits define us right we try and focus on the things that we like about ourselves right and that's totally fine and and definitely um you know self-pity is definitely one of the things that we all experience from time to time and to be honest sometimes it's totally legit honestly i think the reason i think it's i think it's part of the healing the, the the larger picture in terms of the healing journey because you in order to grieve what was done to you, you have to actually feel sorry for yourself. Mm-hmm. Like you, cause you did that process of like actually identifying that what you're experiencing is abuse. And then um, well, depending on the kind of abuse you're experiencing and how much of a survival mode you're in, you know, whether you're in, still in the abuse or out of it, you're, you're sort of grieving the fact that, you know, what something's taken from me. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Nothing was taken from me. Having said that, I still think that um, even in those moments, even in those kind of phases of our healing, and they like healing isn't a linear process. So the the stuff will come and go, right? As you're moving through different parts of of what's happened. But. but even in those moments, I feel rarely that actual survivors are kind of advertising their victimdom. No. It's a word? If it's, it's not a word, then it's a word not. <laughs> no, it's true because I think most survivors, they, they go, okay, okay, this is a really good example. Um, I was watching Oprah these like years and years ago, and there was like this amazing Burns like victim. She was, was like like ye oldie Oprah. Ye oldie Oprah, yes. Um, she had been she had acid thrown on her. Sorry, mm. uh, by like a husband or a husband to be. Sounds and, like a gem. Oh yeah, he was a keeper. That's for sure. Um, he's he her mother. Sorry, her father. God, I'm all over the place. Her father was her carer and she explained to Oprah that he gives, he says to her, you have five minutes to cry today. And for the rest of the day, you have to go on with the business of living. And so that's what she gets. She gets five minutes every day to cry. And I feel like that's what true survivors and overcomers are. They give themselves a time to actually process the emotions Absolutely. that they're feeling. But they, Seriously. They choose not to say it. It's like, you know what? I'm allowed to feel this, 
but I'm not staying. I'm not staying in that place. Yeah. I have to move to the next thing. Yeah. But that, but the, but I want to also emphasize like skipping the place altogether doesn't work. It doesn't work. It's just suppressing it and yep. it's still there. You just yeah, know and it's going to come up someday and bite you mm-hmm. in your hiney. It's true. And it's probably going to be like 10 times worse too. It usually is. Yeah. <laughs> the longer you push it down, the harder, the harder it's going to bite. Right? It's like it festers. You Do know, it today. Like- it's a chihuahua. Do it a month from now. It's a freaking pit bull. I'm telling you. It's a pit bull. Yeah, it's true. You have to, you have to feel what you're feeling. Yeah. And like, listen, here's the thing. I felt super sorry for myself on on Sunday when I had Mm. a headache and I was all like, oh, I don't want to, but then I was like, but I still have to walk the dog. Yeah, (laughs) right. So I, you know, put my sunglasses on and got the dog and went for the shortest possible walk. And because, listen, you can't stop living just because you're not feeling great, right? You can't do it. No, have a break. I remember um, reading a really I mean, I slept for three hours after I walked the dog because it was exhausting, but, you know. Exhausting. But, like, I can't remember where I read this or saw it, but it was about resilience and saying that the difference between, like, um, breaking down and resilience is that, with breaking down, you keep going and you don't stop. But with resilience, you know when to take breaks and rest. And that way you can keep going. Yeah, it's just like, absolutely. Oh, we, need rest. we need rest. We need rest. And I'm obviously still learning that so, so much in my life. It, well, uh, clearly I am too, because otherwise I wouldn't have been in my bed with a headache after I'd been yeah. tired all week and I didn't listen to my body to take a rest. We both did that last week though, didn't yeah. we? we? Yeah. Pushed through and then, isn't that interesting? Was there an eclipse? I don't know. Yeah, probably. I don't even know which, <laughs> which planet was <laughs> in retrograde? <laughs> <laughs> is it my fault or is it the stars? <laughs> I always blame the moon, to be honest. Yeah. Why not? Hey, that way. It's safe safe taking responsibility. I get to be a victim for a while, you know, get to be a martyr and blame the moon. Well, you know, (laughs) every so often we're allowed to do that, but don't make it a, don't make it sort of a character trait. Like uh, many, many abusive, toxic personalities do. That was the point of this whole episode. (laughs) So we tied a nice little bow around it. We will be yes. back doing this more often. Um, hopefully you will like to listen to that. And, uh, I enjoyed that. <laughs> <laughs> until then, uh, we are going to say goodbye. Bye. Bye.